Hey, what's up, you guys? It's me, Odari Swinney, host of No Money, More Problems, and I'm here to talk to you guys a little bit about um, perspective as you actually enter into the investment world. So I love basketball, if you guys have not been able to recognize by now. And uh, one of my favorite things is is really being able to see people uh, act at full capacity of their greatness. I don't know what it is, just like seeing somebody able to just go. Like, I just love that feeling. Um, almost like, you know, whenever you get to see rappers come on uh, different radio shows and actually freestyle, because, you know, we get to hear their songs, but actually being able to hear a rapper just get into their bag and just give it all that they have. Um, and I feel the same way with NBA players. And one of my favorite things is really just watching different NBA videos on YouTube. And it was really cool because I saw a couple of like TikTok or just YouTube videos of ex-NBA players hooping. And it was this video of Mike Miller. So if you guys didn't know, Mike Miller uh, played at the NBA. I think he had a pretty long career. Uh, he was, you know, a journeyman towards the end of his career. And uh, Mike Miller now is a, an assistant coach at Memphis. So a Division One basketball program. And he was playing one-on-one against, you know, one of the players. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, Mike Miller was going crazy on this dude. Like, Mike Miller was cooking this guy, like, with the, the hesitations, the step back, um, the pull-up jumpers. And, you know, Mike Miller had a, like, I would say an average to maybe even some people say below average career. Like, uh, I think he averaged 10 points per game. Uh, more. L- let me actually use another example. There, there's another guy by the name of Brian Scalabini. Scalabrini. I'm sorry, I'm probably saying his name wrong. People used to refer to him as like the Red Mamba. He used to play for the Boston Celtics. And his career average was like 3.2 points per game. And um, previously, I think it was back in 2008, he actually went on a tour uh, where he played different rec league players one-on-one. And I mean, he was smoking these boys. And he actually had this this really, uh, I would say, awesome analogy where he said, it's hard for us to recognize that with his talent level, he is closer to Jordan in his prime, Jordan or LeBron in his prime as a comparison to us being close to his talent level. Like that's, that's how far the gap is between not even just your average Joe, but good basketball players in comparison to NBA players. And it really puts into perspective, you know, the, the talent level or the talent pool um, of professional athletes. And I think the same, we, we should really have the same perspective Whenever it comes to investing, because if you think about if, if you think about really what comes with being an NBA player, being a professional athlete, like there's a lot of benefits. Like not only are you able to um, play a game that you love, um, play a really competitive sport, but but the the the, the financial implications of it are, are really uh, it's substantial. Like you these, these guys are, are having millions of dollars um, paid out to them on an annual basis. Uh you know, not only that, but the notoriety, you know, a, a, a lot of us love a little bit of clout, you know, like I always tell people, God made me 5'10 because he knew if I was 6'5". <laughs> God knew if I was 6'5", man, and I was windmilling. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think my, my arrogance could take it, but uh <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got to be honest with myself. I told you guys in the last video in 2022, we're going to be, uh we're going to be, we're going to be honest with ourselves. But with all of that being said, 
Um, I think that uh, whenever we see the incentives that come with being an NBA player, it makes a lot of sense of why it's so competitive. Or if you think of other things like, you know, getting into an Ivy League school, like all the students that are trying to um, get into Harvard or get into Yale or or get into um, like the, these top universities, there's so many people trying to achieve this goal. And a lot of us recognize that we recognize how difficult it is to actually achieve these things. So I know that within the what is it within the last 18 months or really since March of 2020 I think they said close to 25 million new investors um, have entered the market which is which is awesome I, I would say it's it's really cool because I know that a lot of these people are probably closer to my age range um, you know younger millennials to um, Gen Zers which is really cool but you know with people being young in anything with people being new in anything there's going to be a lack there of perspective um, but it's okay. Uncle Darrow here once again <laughs> to help you guys understand some of these things. So I think with, with this influx of new investors and with 2021 being an anomaly in and of itself, uh, whenever it comes to market returns, I think it can be a little bit difficult for people to have a long-term or more of a realistic perspective whenever it actually comes to investing. So to, to do that, I, I think that let's talk about some realities of money, right? Like everybody wants money. Like, like money plays such an integral um, part in all of our lives. Money really affects, I would say, if not most, almost all of our decisions. And that's the reason why I love being a financial advisor, because you get to step into some really important parts of people's lives. But um, not to digress, uh, digress, whatever you want to call it. I think that whenever we understand how important money is, one of my favorite rap songs, uh, old school rap songs of all time, Red Man opens up the song Cream and he says, cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And I think is so cool because uh the the song is in a lot of ways really really true you know like like finances really do play a um play a role in almost everything within our world um some people might some people might feel like that's a bad thing i'm really not here to talk about the morality of it i'm just more so here to talk about the realities of it um so with money being so important and with there being a platform like the stock market to actually make more money. So, so without you having to, you know, actually clock into a job, um, you have the opportunity to make more money. So with us understanding how important money is in our world, wouldn't this stock market be extremely competitive? And I think sometimes it is hard for individuals to recognize how competitive the stock market is because uh, unlike the NBA, LeBron can't play you one-on-one at the rack. Or, I mean, he theoretically can, but he won't. LeBron won't play you one-on-one. But this this same playing pool is the same playing pool of other experienced investors, right? Um, and I think sometimes people don't understand the realities um, of, of what they're actually up against. So let me explain to you guys. If you don't, if for you guys that don't know, there's there's something out there called um, the CFA, or or there they are people who um, have the or they're, they're chartered financial analysts. That's what CFA stands for. And from in my opinion, in my perspective, whenever a CFA walks into the room, I have a sense of respect for them being in the financial services industry. I'm like, man, like th- this person put in a lot of time um, and did a lot of um, education outside of their outside of their job. Like you, you know, the, the CFA has three different levels um, or three different exams, you know, that come with the levels, uh, and it's a fifty percent pass rate. Very difficult exam, um, to, uh, three, three very difficult exams or pro- whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a very difficult process is what I'm trying to get at. Um, usually takes people around four years and this is post college. 
um, that they're actually spending hours um, upon hours over a long term to actually re- to be able to to hold um, the, those CFA letters behind their name because it's an indicator inside of the investment community that man this 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 person knows what they're talking about. So if we think about the fact that fund companies have dozens upon dozens, maybe even hundreds of CFAs, and, and these people have um, a very very deep knowledge or deep understanding of markets and investing. And there's dozens upon hundreds of these people at different fund companies. And just to use one fund company as an example, let's uh, let's use a fund company like o- Apollo. Um, whereas um, from what I remember, they have close to five hundred billion dollars of assets under management. Let's just let's just say that they have you know maybe um, a couple a dozen CFAs all inside of this uh, company, all inside of um, working on different funds. And this specific fund company is still with 500 billion keyword billion dollars is still not as of 2020 was still not one of the top 50 fund companies in the world. Like this is crazy. Billions of dollars with, with dozens of CFAs and a different investment analyst. These people are still not one of the top 50 fund companies, which is crazy. But to add on to that, fund companies or different funds still struggle with outperforming (laughs) market returns on a consistent basis. Like, this is crazy, y'all. Like, listen, the CFA, the C- the fund manager, I would say the fund manager at most of these fund companies are NBA players, basically, in this analogy. And you are not even, you're not even the college basketball player. I'm the college basketball player <laughs> in this analogy. You're the guy who was average. You were the average draw on your basketball team. So the fact that you think that you can actually outperform this person on a consistent basis is crazy. Is absolutely crazy because they struggle to do it. Like, listen, even even Michael Jordan has lost a one-on-one game. If you guys didn't know, there's a YouTube video out there on it. But that's an anomaly. That's not happening on a consistent basis. The guy who beat him one-on-one would never want to see Michael Jordan ever again in a one-on-one game because Michael Jordan would demolish him. And this is the same thing whenever it comes to markets. So I'm confused of how we can have the rationale, which I'm not confused. I'm pretty sure it was 2021 and the the TikTok investors who who um who who allowed people to have an unrealistic perspective on investing and and how competitive markets actually are for you to believe that you have enough expertise um, with you actually having a full-time job and um, 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 a life in it of itself. Whereas, you know, once again, these fund managers, not only are they spending time outside of work to do research and not only is it their job um, to actually do fundamental analysis of different companies um, and they still struggle to um, outperform market uh, returns that you think that yourself can do that. It's very crazy to me um in my opinion so i i think i think it's important for us to to really uh to to capsulate the perspective um of how competitive markets are not only that i think it's 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 important for us to have the perspective um of ourselves because i i think that whenever whenever we talk about um different investment topics or different investment philosophies we all want to sound smart we want to talk to our friends about yeah you know i saw this this and that company and i you know actually sold this equity to you know and then now i'm seeing a 60 you know we all want to we all want to sound great um but 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 i i i think that once again, with being young, um, um, in, in some different things, I think it's hard for us to, to recognize how ignorant we actually sound, um, with people who have more experience. So I'm going to give another analogy. I'm so embarrassed that I'm actually saying this because I was that guy. Uh, whenever I pulled up to college, I 
Oh, this hurts so bad. This hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Whenever I pulled up to college, you guys are already going to know what I'm talking about. Whatever people used to ask me, they're like, hey, are uh, you a freshman? Oh, like, are you a freshman? And I remember I would say, uh, well, technically this is my first year at Texas Tech, but I actually uh, had dual credit hours. Um, so if we take into consideration the hours applied, um, I'm really a sophomore. <laughs> It hurt so bad because I didn't know how stupid I sounded until I got a little bit further in college and I started asking people, hey, are you a freshman? They would say the same thing. And I'm just like, buddy, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know how, how like young you sound. You don't know how ignorant you sound. Which we can go back to, uh, tell Darrell his freshman year in college and be like, stop, don't do it. They can smell it on you. <laughs> they can tell. But in a lot of ways, we sometimes need that. We need that older person or, uh, you know, in my community, I would say, you know, that OG or a mentor to really put you on game to, to tell you something that's outside of yourself. And, and I think whenever it comes to investing, we, oh, th- this is really the benefit where, um, having an advisor or, or, or a third party comes into place because you have that person outside of yourself to sometimes check you on the ignorant statements or the ignorant thoughts that you actually have. We all need that because, um, in, in really, it, it, in my opinion, a lot of, a lot of investment strategies are trying to save you from yourself because you're, you're the, you're the biggest issue. You're, and, and this is, and, and once again, this is what makes, um, markets and this is what makes investing so difficult because you have to bypass yourself. And as advisors and, and, and really as, as, as people progress in the understanding of the behavioral aspect of, of finances, it, our perspective itself can be one of the most detrimental parts of our investment philosophy because we even see with research that individuals based upon their region are going to be more bullish on, um, on, on the uh on the on the sector of the market that might employ most people in that area so i'm pretty sure that everyone in in the bay area has been pretty long on you know a lot of tech companies or a lot of um a lot of these techs or tech growth companies or or whatnot but a lot of people in the south and texas have probably been really long or really bullish on on different um energy companies because of the the oil industry or the energy industry um inside of uh inside of texas so 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 those perspectives that we have have play into some of our investment decisions, which is not a good thing. This is not a benefit because our perspective is so small. Our perspective is so small in the grand scheme of things. And I think that once again, it's, it's hard for us to recognize or really to be honest with ourselves and look within ourselves and say, man, you know, I'm an emotional person. I'm an emotional human. All of us are. And and those emotions, even if we try to quiet them and shut them down, they still play and they still come out in different ways. And they and it shows within our within our investment decisions. So that's why I've always been a huge um advocate of people having play accounts. Like I think that's fine because um I would say once again, the, one of the mentors I would say in my life is, is Peter. And, and, and I think he had a great conversation with, with Tyrone on, uh, on Twitter spaces. And, and he was talking about, you know, there's a big difference between traders and investors. And I want to make that distinction. I'm not talking about the, the, the trading account or the play account you have on the side. I'm talking about like investments that you're, you're trying to plan for, for the future. There's a big difference in the way that we should approach that. Um, so 
I guess all in all, like I, I really, I really hope that you guys can can start to see um, some of the importance of uh, one having an advisor, two being able to step outside of yourself and recognize that your perspective plays into some of the decisions that you make, and three, how competitive markets actually are. That it's not that easy um, to always actually be to, to come out on top. Because uh, one last thing I'll say before I wrap this up is, you, you know, it's it's close to forty percent. 40% of stocks um, actually have a negative return over a 40-year period. And whenever we take into consideration um, our lives and our investable lives, that's, that's, that's close to almost half. So, so, so it's just, it's just getting at the point of, um, how difficult it is to, uh, to choose the correct stock within the right time frame, um, to actually have a return that once again outperforms markets. Hopefully you guys, uh, will comment below and tell me if you disagree or agree with anything that I said, or maybe give me some more insight on different perspectives, um, that people should take into consideration whenever it comes to finances and investing. Uh, with all of that being said, do not forget to subscribe to my website, No Money, Mo Problems. Uh, don't forget to sub, not subscribe, but follow me on all my socials at the Odaro on Twitter at just Odaro on Instagram. I'm trying to get that at the Odaro handle. Um, on uh, Instagram. Someone stole it from me. But besides the point, hopefully you guys uh, like this video today and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Odaro Iswini is an employee of PlanCorp. All opinions expressed by Odaro and any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of PlanCorp. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of PlanCorp may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.